So we're going to read from the book of Acts, chapter 6. And for the real Christians, I see there is a real Christian in the Bible. Um, the real Bible at home, they got your Bibles. And we're going to read from Acts, chapter 6, from verse 1 to 7. And if you found it, it reads as follows. Um, titled The Choosing of the Seven. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the Paul gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on people. Brothers and sisters, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, Prophetus, Nicanor, Simon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples increased rapidly, and a large number of people became obedient to the faith. So we see here that you know a conflict arose, and it was from one group of widows and another, but the conflict took place was arising of dispute was arriving within the church. This is within the community of these believers who have now been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has come at this point. They're bold, they're preaching the word, and now there's a complaint among their own inside the family of believers. And you see that the dispute is a racial dispute. It's between the Hellenistic um, widows. The one side is saying, we're not being treated fairly. We're being discriminated against racially because of our race. We're not being treated fairly. And we see how the disciples are now bringing in, um, the, the apostles are now calling in the disciples and saying, let's talk, how are we going to come up with a solution to this problem? And we see that they choose seven men, and the seven men are delegated, there's a collaboration that takes place, and they delegate the duty of distribution of food so that things can go easy and they can concentrate now on preaching and teaching the word of God. And this pleases everybody. We see the church grows close. Restoration, everybody's happy, the church increases in number, people, more people come to the faith. Now, just to give a bit of context about the time, um, women in those times, it was a time of patriarchy, and society was um, the law and in the context, the cultural context, many were favored over women. And you find that um, men were, um, were dominant, they were dominant, they were favored, them. they were the providers, they were the ones who took the education. They were the ones who can speak, who can speak, go to the synagogue, and all those issues and women really just playing in the background. And now for a woman to need to help in those times, it is further disadvantaged to women. Further put her at risk of being vulnerable. So women were vulnerable than they were. So women would you know, get married and be under the cover of her husband. And the husband would be security. The husband would be the provider financially, put food on the table, provide the leadership for the family. And now we see that as a widow, um, now you've lost that security. The widows would have lost that security. 
would have been um, be lost from um, through the provision, you know, they 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 be um, exposed now to the risk of poverty and just being taken advantage of by various other people, you know, they are vulnerable and open to abuse. And we see now these were, you know, in the society, you could say the weaker group, the weakest of the weakest. And if you see in the text here, it tells us they came for the distribution of food. So you don't come for distribution of food if you don't need. So these women were poor. They were lacking. They didn't have provision. So they were relying on this distribution of food from the church. And now we see um, a thing that happens where this, this boldness just arises out of these widows where they speak up and say, we are not being treated fairly. And this expect ordinarily that they would get up and say, we've been treated unfairly. You know, it would, you know, I know that, um, for instance, if I, how I grew up and the bad habits that I can say I learned is that I would keep quiet if, if an offense would, would take place with me. I'll just swallow it. I'll just keep quiet and say, well, oh, well, I'll see. I'll deal with it. So, but we see them rising up and coming up in boldness. And for me, it just speaks to the boldness that we see upon the apostles. We see that the Holy Spirit, just if you backtrack a few chapters back from chapter six, so chapter one, chapter two tells us about the Holy Spirit coming in. They were in the upper room, they were praying, they were devoted in prayer and sharing the word amongst themselves. And the Holy Spirit came and power came upon them. And the same power we see infiltrating the widows. We see them rising up in courage and the same boldness that is characteristic of the Holy Spirit, what happened with the apostles, this boldness just comes up and they come and courage and say, we have not been treated fairly. And they bring it to the right place. They bring it up in the right space. They bring it up to the right people. And it's dealt with within the community before a breach happens, before a division can happen. Because we all know that conflict can cause the breach. It can cause division. It can cause people to go apart. It can, it could it have the potential to destroy the ministry and what they were doing in that time. But we see that they resolved it, it was resolved quickly, they spoke up, they spoke up in courage, and it was resolved. Now I just want to share a little story with you about a journey that I've been walking of healing with my teeth. So just prior to the lockdown, I, I had a, I think about January maybe this year, my tooth, my one tooth would just get a bit sore. You know, the, the pain would come and go. It was sporadic. It was random. It would happen maybe every other week. You know, it wasn't often. So I would just pop a pill. I'd take a painkiller and the pain would be gone. I'd deal with it that way. And then post the lockdown, now the pain kind of intensifies. The pain now starts, you know, as it would with toothache anyway. It just starts intensifying when you don't give it attention. So it just gets more and more so to the point where now I can't chew on the one side and my head is throbbing, I can't sleep. And, and now I eventually then decide, you know what? Let me just go to the dentist. So I go to the dentist and I'm thinking this is going to be a quick and easy solution. Maybe she'll, you know, do a root canal or whatever, something quick and will be solved. And she, I get there and she tells me, you know, this tooth has now, because of what's happening with it, it's affected the other teeth right next to it. It's affected them so badly that we're gonna to have to do work on the teeth next to it, not just this tooth. So I'm there sitting, oh my God, now I have to come, you know, I'm at the dentist now every week because we're doing work, we have to wait for the one to kind of settle, work on the other one and so on and so forth. It's just such a slip, 
you know, and it's costing me time, it's costing me money, it's costing me, you know, it's, it's exposing me to the risk of COVID now because we've been told to stay at home, flatten the curve, stay at home. And here I am now up and about in the dentist, you know, no challah, dentist room where there's now sick people. It's in a medical center, there's sick people coming in. So I'm just exposing myself, exposing my family. And you can see that my, my lack of dealing with this timelessly and properly led now to all this other stuff. So it's just costing me all this stuff, you know, money, time, and exposing me to things that could have been easily avoided had I dealt with this on time. And now it hasn't just affected one tooth, it's the other teeth. The tooth then subsequently um, falls out, you know, I've lost the tooth now. And then she tells me, oh, you're going to have other interventions, da 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 another, you know, another person coming in, another surgeon, da 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 the whole story. I'm still on that journey, by the way. So it's a big lesson for me. So I was quite chuffed when I was preparing to share this one. I'm like, okay, Lord, at least it's coming in handy somewhere. I can share it here, you know. So um, the reason I'm sharing this is to show us, you know, if you live a situation that starts out small, I'm sure the, my situation started out with a little small hole, small cavity, small something. And because I never dealt with the situation on time, as I should have, and I never dealt with it in the right way. As I told you, I was popping a pill. I took a painkiller to quieten down the pain using like a band-aid method, if you can call it that. And I kept it moving, kept it moving, kept it moving until the situation worsened to such a point that it stopped me. It stopped me and I couldn't carry on. My life, I was miserable now. Headaches, whatnot. I can't eat on the one side. I actually don't even want to eat really because there's some things I can't really eat. I'm, must eat soft foods, you know, it's, ugh. So I didn't deal with this on time. And I find that it is the same with conflict. Conflict will take place. That's a given. Conflict is going to take place and conflict doesn't just take place amongst outside people and non-believers. It takes place here. It can take place here within us as a community of believers, Holy Spirit-filled, born-again, um, tongue-praying believers conflict can and will take place. Now, the, 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 the thing that comes to my mind is, what are we going to do as individuals, as a community, when conflict happens? What is your reaction? What are you going to do? It's almost like the Lord is saying to us, you know, he said in Deuteronomy 30, um, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you, and I've put before you life and death, and I've put before you blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So even with conflict, we've got a choice of either choosing life or death. How are you going to deal with this conflict? Are you going to be like me with the tooth situation where you sit and try and solve it on your own? Where you sit and say, okay, I'll just pop a pill and this thing will just kind of, I don't know, ignore it, it'll go away and life can go on smoothly. But this thing is still sitting. This situation is still there because I'm, I wasn't dealing with the root cause of the actual issue. I was just covering it up on top and moving on with life. So when conflict comes, what are we going to do? What is it that we're going to, what is the reaction? And you know, when, when conflict comes, it's easy to say now when there's no conflict and you can speak nicely and speak the word and say, oh, we'll pray about it, we'll talk and all those good things. But when the emotions are there, when you are offended, when someone has stepped on you and offended you and their emotions are running wild, 
the flesh can come in and overtake. And I'll give you an example. I also, at some point, um, I think it was during the lockdown, I experienced um, an offense. And I reacted, I flew off the handle. I, I just reacted wildly. I left a WhatsApp group and I was so upset. And a brother in this community saw what was happening. And he approached me. He approached me with love. And he said, I see that this has happened. I see that you've reacted to something. What's the problem? And we had a conversation about it. We had a conversation about it. And in that conversation, the love that was coming from him, the, the wisdom, the humility that was coming through won me over. It won me back. But this is just to display that even as believers, even as children of God, we can find ourselves flying off the handle. We can find ourselves losing our temper. We can find ourselves so upset dealing with the situation as I did with my tooth by putting on a pill, cutting off relationship, cutting off that, that life flow that's between us. And you know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we here are like members, are members, in fact, of the body of Christ. Now, as members of the body of Christ, it means that we are connected. Just like those teeth, we are connected. The word says, you know, um, when one suffers, all suffer. When one rejoices, all rejoice. So the same it is with us here. And we are exactly like those teeth. Because of proximity, because I'm here, you're here. I'm here, you're, we're all here. Proximity makes us connected even closer like those teeth. So if there's even one little hole, one little offense that's not dealt with within this community, we can find that division can come in. A root of bitterness can grow and cause and defile what God is doing within this community. Just as Pablo said now that, you know, um, um, we find that um, 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 if, 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 if we don't deal with things, if we don't deal with things, he said to us now, I forgot now what he said, but <laughs> he mentioned something that was in line with this, you know, and I thought, you know, this means, this is to me, oh, the reflection. Yes, there we go. I remembered. The reflection that we all had during the lockdown, most of us were reflecting and he said that, you know, the Lord was talking to him and he, you know, said that he listened. He sat down, he was like, Lord, yes, it's your turn to talk. And I believe it's probably what most of us have been feeling when we've been sitting and in, in a time of reflection, in a time where we're saying, Lord, um, talk to me. Lord, show me the way. Lord, help us. There's been an, an intense time of increase in prayer and, and communion with the Lord and communion amongst believers. As we see in Acts, it's the same thing. But there was an offense, and the offense had the potential to ruin what was happening, to defile the whole thing. So even with us here, even in our time of reflection, you know, as we talk to the Lord, let's ask the Lord to open up our hearts, open our hearts, and even the smallest of the smallest, don't ignore it, the smallest of the smallest, don't wait for it to get to a, plain, a, a place where the truth is now, like that truth was throbbing. Don't wait for it to get to um, 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 a, pain, a pain point where you now have to deal with, with it in, in that manner. If you know there's a hole, you can already feel somewhat that, oh, I feel like there's a little bit of an issue. Or even just regular check-ins, you know, when you go to the dentist, something that I wasn't doing, when you go to the dentist for regular check-ins, you know, that's when you can find out, okay, there's an issue. The dentist will tell you. So even with one another here, 
Regular check-ins with one another, just as we've been encouraged by our pastor throughout the lockdown. Meet with one another. Call one another. Spend time in your um, home groups. Talk to one another. Talk to one another via WhatsApp. Call. Do Stay in communion with one another. Check in. Because you don't know, just as you know, if someone steps on you, the person who's been stepped on is the one that feels the pain and not necessarily the one who's stepping on you because they might, they're not going to feel it. But the one that's been stepped on. So if, we, if we're checking in with one another, then we're able to say, you know, um, I'm not doing so well. I'm not doing so well um, if it's an offense, you know, between us as believers or, or within the community. Um, the Bible tells us, the Bible gives us a blueprint of how to deal with offenses. Which brings me to this point. How do we deal them? You know, I've asked, why, what are we going to do when an offense comes? The Bible has told us what it is that we need to do. You know, in Matthew 18, the word tells us that when you have an offense with an, an, a believer, a fellow brother or sister in Christ, um, it gives us like a whole step-by-step. Step, step one, you talk to the believer. Come, call them to the side and speak to them and tell them, um, this is what's going on, this is what I'm feeling, or whatever the issue is. And the Bible tells us that if, you, if the believer doesn't hear you out, then you call to one or two witnesses to come into the conversation. So that would be me, let's say I have an offense with Babalo and I come and bring it to him and he doesn't hear me out. Call one or two believers and let them come. Let's all sit together as family. That's what family does. We sit together as family and we sort out the issues between us. We don't allow issues to fester. We don't allow issues to become um, so such a wound that now it ends up being in a loss, a point of loss, like I lost my truth. And, and, and you know, the, Acts, the, the story in Acts in chapter 6, it shows us again that they, how they dealt with the conflict. There was a collaboration. The leadership called the disciples, they called the church, and they said, what is it, what is it that we can do to resolve this issue? And we see that um, in the, if you backtrack to Exodus chapter 18, Moses, um, as he was in the wilderness with the Israelites, his father-in-law came to visit him. And his father-in-law comes to him just to check on how he's doing. And he's heard all these stories about how, how the Lord has delivered the Israelites. And he's here to now check in with Moses. And they have a chat. And then as he's there, he sees that, you know, people come to Moses for dispute resolution. When they experience conflicts, they come to him. So he sits now, it says he sits on this judgment seat from morning until evening, where he's judging all these cases that are coming, that are being brought to him, all these conflicts that are coming brought to him by the people. And his father-in-law says to him, Moses, what you're, what you're doing is not good. This is not good. This is going to weigh you out. So he picked up, he's like, this is going to lead you to burn out Moses. Delegate. So it's the same solution that we see the disciples um, apply to six. He says to him, choose men. Choose men who have integrity. Choose men who are full of faith. Choose men who are honest, of integrity. And let them be the ones who judge um, the disputes and, and, re and resolve the conflicts that come up amongst the people. If they have like really difficult cases, let them bring them to you. And then you can then judge those cases. But don't find yourself inundated with resolving a nation, a whole nation's conflicts, each and every one coming to you day in, day out, that it's going to wear him out. And you know what, what gets me here is that Moses is described by the Lord as 
as, as a prophet that the Lord spoke to face to face. So I don't, um, I'm, I'm surprised and I was taken, um, yeah, it was surprising to see that he gets this um, advice from his father-in-law, a man who the Lord speaks to face to face. And yet this thing, the situation that he was faced with, the Lord sent somebody else, sent his father-in-law to come and give him wisdom in how to deal with conflict, to avoid him wearing himself out and burning out. And to us, what it speaks to is that, you know, even as believers, perhaps having walked with the Lord for 20 years, perhaps having walked with the Lord for 40, 50 years, you've walked with the Lord for all your life. You hear from the Lord, you are spiritual, you pray in tongues, you're prophetic, you're all these great things. But it does not mean that the Lord cannot send somebody else to come and help you, showing that we need one another. God is giving us a blueprint of how to resolve conflict. It's not to deal with it on your own. It's not to try and say, I'll just pray in my closet and get over it. We're told here, come and speak it out. We see the boldness of the widows coming out and voicing out their, their conflict. The same with us here. It's the same thing. When there's a conflict, no matter how in our intimacy with the Lord, if I can put it that way, how long we've been walking with the Lord, um, our relationship with God, conflict needs you to communicate, speak it out, voice it out. And it's not to voice it out to someone outside of the community who can't really do anything about it, who can't bring a solution here. Bring it here, bring it to the home, bring it to the family, bring it to the right people, bring it in time. You know, the Bible tells us, don't allow a root of bitterness to grow. Don't allow it. And it's a root because it, it tells us it's a root of bitterness, meaning an offense, one offense can lead to one root of bitterness. And a, a whole tree, you can soon find yourself with a whole tree of offense, a whole tree of division, where you find that now you don't, you no longer want to be part of this. And your heart becomes hard and your heart becomes cold towards a family that God has actually planted you in. So I find that um, for us, it's, 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 it's to endure and to, to, to rather um, be determined, be determined in loving one another. Be determined and, and be forceful with loving one another. Christ tells us that, you know, if you, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And he says, a new command I give you, love one another. And love is not always going to be um, fluffy and nice and hugs and feeling loving towards, like happy toward, towards one another. Sometimes love will be me coming to talk to Lachlan about an offense that I've got with her, you know, against or something that's happened to me or whatever the case would be. But it's speaking out. Don't allow it to fester. It can cause us to be cut off from one another and it can cause us to be cut off from Christ. And in conclusion, you know, I'm reminded and I'd like to remind you that the ministry of Jesus Christ is a ministry of reconciliation. He came to earth took on human form, died and rose again to, to reconcile all of us to Christ, to, to God. We were separated by sin. There was a conflict, if you can put it that way, if I can put it that way. There was a division, there was a separation, there was an offense between us and, and God. And God sent his son as a, as a reconciling factor between, between us and God. To reconcile him, to reconcile us back to him, and to reconcile us 
to one another, to show us how to remain reconciled to one another, to remain in communion with one another. And I want to close off with Psalm 133, which tells us about unity. If I can find it. There we go, I found it finally. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And, and, and it's, it's, it, this, is, this rings true. When we deal with offense, we remain united. And where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. This is like, he's still in my mind. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. 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 You, you know, uh, for those, for those who are married, you will know. In marriage, in fact, I was having a conversation. We, my wife and I, were part of a a retreat, a couples retreat, and one lady asked a question and said, "I tend." to take at least minimum of three days before I can speak to my husband if there's conflict. I need about three days to come back after processing. And then about another three days for us to talk until we resolve conflict. Like Kitu said, Jesus loving, Holy Spirit filled. Conflict is a serious thing. And conflict has the power to divide. A beautiful marriage, a beautiful church, a beautiful community in the book of Acts. Remember, everybody was admiring this new community. Everybody was wondering what happened to these people. Because the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them. And then conflict came to steal, to destroy, and to kill. Let's bow our heads. Is there anyone you have conflict with right now? Is there anyone who has offended you? Is there anyone that you have offended? Grant on Facebook says, the truth of the matter is deal with the problem immediately. Don't bottle it, and then, ex and then it will explode. And obviously he's making the joke with Kitu's tooth issue. But like Kitu said, 
Her one tooth affected the other, affected the other, affected the other. Let's, I'm going to keep quiet a little bit. And I'm hoping that you can take some time and speak to God. Name your pain. Because your pain is real, right? The offense is real, right? If someone offends you, it can cut through deep in your heart. So take some time and acknowledge your pain. But after acknowledging your pain, you need to decide what you're going to do with your pain. Because it's okay to have pain, but it's not okay to stay in pain. So I, I, I just want to pause now and give you, even at home, time to reflect about the pain that you are feeling. I want to give you some time to reflect about some conflict you might be having. Kitumetsu said these powerful words, be determined and be forceful in loving one another. Yo, I want you to think about that for a while. Be forceful. You know when you use force, it's negative, but this is a positive way to use. Be determined and be forceful in loving one another. Osin Tabiseng on Facebook says, the way to deal with conflict is to speak up, bring it on, and see love reign. See love reign. Hey, like Kitumeta said, if you have conflict with someone and you don't know how to deal with it, why don't you bring it here? Why don't you ask people to help you? Do you have some trusted friends that you can go to? Do you have family that you can go to? Sometimes it's tough to deal with conflict by yourself. Like these widows, they went to the disciples. They went to the apostles. They couldn't deal with it. They, they gathered courage. It was a courageous step they took because widows at the time were marginalized. So gather courage. Go speak up. Bring it forward and see love reign. Thank you so much, Kitu. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless Kitu. I thank you for her gift this morning. I thank you for what you've put in her heart to bless us this morning. Lord, I thank you that even though we might all be carrying different things, but this morning you spoke to us through her. Lord, I pray that you've done some work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we will see love reign at the end. I pray we'll see conflict resolved. I pray that people will be bold and courageous and they will speak up. They will bring it forward. 
Lord, I pray the results will make your love reign in our society, in our community, and in our hearts. May your kingdom be established in our hearts, Lord. May everything we do represent who you are. The conflict resolution, you are the one who, I mean, you are the master of conflict resolution. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Lord, I pray for courage for both people who are here and people at home who need courage and boldness to deal with the conflict that they might have. Give them courage. Give them boldness. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. 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 The people at home want to hear you. Amen. 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 Hey, people at home, we apologize for any of the technical issues that you might have experienced, but I've told everything ended up working well. And for you who are here, it's so good to see you after so long. And we hope to see you again when we do our prayer walk and then when we have another face-to-face. But at this moment, we would like to just bless you guys and thank you for being brave and coming in this new normal. And as we journey together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ lead us. May he truly lead us. We have all have never been here before. So let's love one another. Let's serve one another. So let's be patient with one another. Because in this new season, we might make mistakes. We might do things not the best way. But let's hold each other's hands. And let's navigate this new season together. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All of you at home, we love you. And keep blessed. And see you again next week when we move to online. Shosho. Shop shop. Uh.